0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. I've got two lists. The 10 Senate seats most likely to flip in 2024. And another story from TheHill.com narrows it down to five. The five Senate seats most likely to flip in 2024. Arizona is on both lists. Yeah, they say one of the seats most likely to flip is the one held by Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema. Now, I don't – again, this is not saying it's going to. Um, they're saying if any are going to flip, these are the five most likely, West Virginia being one of them with Joe uh, – um, with uh, the governor Jim Justice announced he wants to replace Joe Manchin, um, and the other one is well, interestingly enough with Senator Cinema. And I want the conversation about this for me is more about the options that will be there because one of the big headlines: Senate Democrats had a good 2022; the 2024 election could be brutal, according to this one story. But how about this? Lack of voter enthusiasm poses a hurdle for Joe Biden's reelection. Understanding what's on the ballot a lot of times dictates things when there are issues, because you will get one issue voters that show up because of a specific issue. Uh, There have been some very hot button issues in recent years on the ballots in Arizona, and it drives voters to the polls. While they are there, they will vote for other things, but they are going because of one issue. Now, they may not be the biggest group of voters, but it can push one candidate or group of candidates. Candidates over the edge. Uh, When Arizona decriminalized marijuana, um, that was a big issue on the ballot that year. We've seen some big ballot initiatives that will drive a lot of people to the polls. But if people – we keep hearing – That most of America doesn't want Joe Biden and they don't want Donald Trump. They don't want a rematch. We are going to find out how true that is um, as we go on, because it it is not a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump will be the nominee for the Republicans, but he holds a very sizable lead. Um, And the reason why I talk about the rematch is because that's what's most likely right now. If we do get that rematch, what will the American public do? Because we know what the Democrats and Republicans are going to do. We know what they're going to do. Republicans will not vote for Joe Biden. They'll pull the lever for Trump. Democrats will never vote for a Republican, especially Donald Trump. They will put everything behind Joe Biden. But we have this huge growth in independent voters, which is the reason why I started this conversation with Senator Cinema because she changed her party affiliation to independent. So she will face a Democrat challenger. Um, and it looks like uh, that Democrat challenger is going to be Ruben Gallego, Congressman Gallego. We don't know that for sure yet, but uh, he so far will be the Democrat in the race, we think. And then who will it be for the Republicans? We will have a three-way race with the independent being the incumbent. If the majority of voters in America are growing, the fastest growing, so to speak, or are, are, are surely to speak, is uh, independent voters, how loud will their voices be? Will they rally behind Senator Cinema? In what she has done, because she has sided mostly with the Democrats in her policies. But we know that she has done some things that they, they are saying you can either say she is single handedly to blame or gets credit for a couple of things that have happened. The fact that the filibuster will remain is largely because Senator Cinema has decided she's not going to support a, a resolution or support anything about about getting rid of the filibuster. That's a big deal. And so how many people will remember that? She has been very outspoken about the federal government's failure on the border. She's been outspoken on a number of issues where she has sided largely with the Republicans. Not, not as many as on the other side, but the importance has been huge. So how will the American public, and this is going to be, I guarantee you, her race to win the Senate changed the way Democrats ran for office. You've got to give her credit for that. The way can- campaigns are run in the state of Arizona changed when Senator Sinema ran her campaign the way she did. She had she didn't have a primary challenger, and she ran in that Senate race by calling herself an independent, saying, I'm independent just like Arizona. She was on this radio station talking to Gatos in the afternoon, and, and uh, Gatos said, you're a Democrat. She said, yes. He said, a proud Democrat. And she goes, well, I don't know. Hang on. Democrat small d. I don't think people care very much about parties. She was saying that back Then, And in a state that's been classically a very dark red state, she ran with a small D, understanding at that time she had the Democrat voters. She doesn't anymore. The party has abandoned her because they say she abandoned the party. But has she gained that momentum of independent voters where she is willing to do what she thinks is right, even if it goes against her party's base? Because she did a lot of this while she was still a Democrat. So there's going to be the country is going to be watching because she changed the way Arizonans ran for office, especially Arizona Democrats. They understood that the Democrats would line up behind them and the vote. It's, it's, it's something the Republicans haven't really done much of. If you're a candidate in the Republican Party, you cater to the Republican base and you stay catering to that base until the very last minute. And what. Senator Sinema did was she said, listen, I'm a Democrat, small D, but I'm a Democrat. I know the Democrats are going to vote for me. And if I have a chance of winning this election where we haven't had a Republican senator in decades, if I'm going to win, I have to talk to independents. I have to make sure they understand that I will be an independent mind In the United States Senate, that there will be times I side with the Republicans and times I side with the Democrats. The Democratic Party hated it in practice. They hate it in practice, which is why Ruben Gallego is going to be the challenger. But will the independent voters now stand behind her and say "You did exactly what you said you were going to do, and you voted that way, and you kept your word, and will they give her another term in the United States Senate and I think a lot of that has to uh, do with who the Republicans put up as their candidate because if the Republicans put up a candidate that is unlikable uh, to the to the uh, that they cannot um I guess I would say cater to, but cannot bring over um, independent voters, then she's got a very good chance of retaining that seat because – the party base in both parties turn out, but so do other voters. And the Democratic Party is as diverse as the Republican Party is with political opinion. You've got far left wing Democrats that largely run the party. This isn't a criticism. It's an observation that largely, if you are volunteering and you are part of party leadership, you are staunch in your beliefs. And so they're pretty far left, so to speak, in the Democratic Party. But you have people that are very moderate Democrats, all also, that vote. Same with the Republican Party. Party leadership is very far right and pretty staunch in their beliefs. But you have the diversity across the board. Can Senator Cinema draw from both sides and those independents and retain the seat? This is going to be a great experiment in American politics and the shifting mindsets, I believe, or not shifting mindsets as we move forward. And I think, again, she will one way or the other, whether she wins that race or loses it, if she jumps in, um, will teach the country a lesson about what direction the American voters are going. I just think it's fascinating. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am really intrigued by all of it. In a moment, the consequences of defunding the police continue to grow. The stories are terrifying. We'll talk about it in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. You have an opportunity to win a $100 Amazon gift card by sending us pictures of your cool pet. Send us a photo with your pet. You can win a KTAR Paw Pick Contest. Submit your photo at ktar.com slash contests. A different pet will be randomly drawn at the end of each month, and we will name the KTAR's Paw Pick of the Month and get the gift to certificate. Kind of a cool contest. Um, As we went to break, I talked about the consequences of defunding the police. One of the headlines. Unarmed security ambassadors can only watch as violence erupts on the streets. West Hollywood, California, they showed fights in the streets. One guy kicking off another guy's side view mirror. Then the two of them brawling in the street while these unarmed security ambassadors are standing by and watching what's going on, helpless to do anything about it. Um, we are seeing more and more of this attitude toward policing. Now, uh, you know, no one is in favor of police brutality. No one is in favor of any of that. But what we do need to know is that the people out there that have absolutely no respect for property or human life or anything like that, they need to understand that there are severe punishments. Because what you are going to start seeing a lot more of are these stand-your-ground situations and deadly interactions between criminals and people that didn't have to turn deadly. And it's going to happen. Um From bad to worse, student misbehavior rises further since the revert, uh, return of in-person classes. Uh, student behavioral problems that spiked with the return of in-person learning after the coronavirus pandemic. Seventy percent of teachers, principals and district leaders said in recent EdWeek research that students are misbehaving more now than in 2019, up from 66 percent in December of 2021. Well, uh, that also has a lot to do with, you look at the Phoenix Union High School District, and I am working on a lot of things <clears throat> in what's going on in Phoenix. I live in Phoenix. I love Phoenix. I want the children in Phoenix to have a safe environment in which to learn. We're going to talk more about schools later on in the show and what's happening in our school system. And I think it's an important conversation to continue to have. But before we start talking about test scores and performance and, and curriculum, Don't you think we have to have a safe place to begin with? Teachers are leaving at an alarming rate. I hear from teachers all the time. Where do you think I get the information I get from? And I make sure I have the accurate information and backup before I come on the air and talk about it. But the teachers don't feel safe in the schools. They know the good students don't. Students are trying to get hall passes to use the restroom during classes because they don't want to use the restroom during the change of classes because of what's going on in the restrooms. There's violence. There's knives. There's guns. If you don't believe that there's students now in a higher number bringing guns on campus, it's only because you're not hearing about it. That doesn't mean it's not happening. I've got videos of brawls, and I don't want to post them because these are underage kids, but these are students in Phoenix high schools brawling on school grounds. We don't have a police force in place, and the kids that are bad kids, and I understand, listen, as a young person, I think they have every opportunity to turn themselves around. I have friends that were um, delinquents when we were kids. And they all have become upstanding citizens, really good parents, really good contributors to their society around them, the communities they live in, really good, solid human beings that they were when they were kids. They were just acting out. But they got caught, and when they got caught, they got punished, and it straightened them up. They learned the hard way at a young age so they didn't have to learn it when they were adults. We aren't seeing a lot of that anymore anymore. As a matter of fact, we're seeing that school districts and especially individual administrators at schools are a lot less likely to make a big deal about it because they don't want it pointed out that this is happening on their campus. We've heard about this on college campuses. How many college campuses have been sued or there have been conversations that sexual assaults on campuses are not being reported and are being covered up because they don't want the reputation. They don't want parents fearful of sending their daughters to those schools. Well, what we are doing by hiding a problem in our school districts and by not doing – this is such a ridiculous thing that happened in Phoenix. They tabled a vote. There is so much attention being paid to the city of Phoenix recently um, that they tabled a vote. I want you to think about this. The school board had an opportunity to use state money, which being made, was being made available to them, to get school resource officers back on campuses. They tabled the vote because they're not sure whether or not they want armed police officers on their campuses. And when you see the violence that takes place, the intimidation, the drug dealing, bags of fentanyl on high school campuses, it's no wonder kids can't learn. Lack of authority and enforcement leads to a rise in crime because people that have the criminal mindset are predators and they know when the prey is vulnerable. And that's exactly what's happening. And we are the adults. We should be dictating to these school boards what we want done. And if they're not going to do the will of the majority, then we should vote them off and replace them with someone else. It's that simple. I think more and more parents, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show, more and more parents are paying very close attention to what's happening at the school levels now based on what they saw in online learning. And I don't think it's going away. I think you are going to see some of these school boards that they've been comfortable in their positions and making decisions that are not in the best interest of kids. You're going to see that change. You're going to see that change. And I hope it doesn't take a tragedy for it to happen either. But well, we're going to see some changes. Coming up in a moment, um, are gas prices beginning to fall around the country and how are they being affected in Arizona? We'll talk economy next. On the road again. Strong values and strong opinions. To the Mike Brewhead Show. Again. KTAR News, 923 FM and the KTAR News app. With my I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that Julie, I never Julia, did you just made. tell me that Willie Nelson's 90 today? Is his birthday today? today or the again. other day, this weekend? Huh? I can't wait to get on Yeah, over the, the weekend again. Oh, him and Keith Richards are gonna live forever. They are gonna live forever. Uh, good at least for the him. Music it's be yeah, yeah. Well, it, more than just music, he has a different kind of legacy with a lot of people, too. There is a. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the great song by uh, by um, Toby Keith, Weed with Willie. Um, it is one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. Um, thanks for being here, everyone. Um, happy Monday. Um, I'm looking at the AAA gas price index. It's interesting. Nationally, the national average is 361, and it's gone down it's a little bit. It's been going down over the recent days. Here in the state of Arizona, we are on the opposite path. Our state average is four dollars seventy cents, and you know seventy seven zero four, and it's going up. As a matter of fact, uh, a week ago it was four sixty nine. Um, it would a month ago it was four twenty nine. And we are seeing the the average price, and in Maricopa County, we're at $5.03 per gallon. Um, I bring this up because of the state of the economy. People are concerned, but when you have gas prices do this, it affects what people do. It affects small businesses, especially – and in families and what your plans will be. But there's a lot more going on in the nation's economy. We had another bank failure. JP Morgan chased by First Republic. Um, and what's interesting about this to me is the most of the American public probably doesn't feel like they're affected when a bank fails, especially if it's not their bank. But what the concern is when the regulations start coming in. If you remember going back to the housing crisis when the housing bubble burst, in 08, 07, 08, into 09, 2010. Um, they had state and income loans. And the mortgage industry changed. A lot of the regulations changed in the years that followed. And uh, it's just a different world now in order to get a mortgage. And uh, it isn't just about interest rates. It's about qualifications and more and more people wanting to make sure they can qualify to buy a home as prices continue to climb and climb and climb. And um, and what is going to happen now, banks, whether it's self-imposed or it's a regulation that's imposed on them, money is going to become more and more scarce for businesses. That is a very difficult and scary place for a business to be in. Um, I've, If you've ever been in that situation where you get a notification from your credit card company, um, I just had a credit card of mine closed because I never used it. So they sent me a notification and they said, hey, if you don't use your card, we're going to close your account. And I just thought, let them close it. I don't use that card. Let them close it. I've got plenty of credit cards if I need it, which thank God I don't very often, but I have them available if I need them. Didn't need this one. So the account closed. But then I got a notification from one of the cards that I do use that my limit was being increased. And, you know, so that gave me more available credit, which I don't need, but it's there if I need it. When you're a business and you have a line of credit that you use, just like individuals, but if you have a line of credit as a business owner that you use because of the length of time it takes to get paid by a supplier, you understand you've got to pay your employees. You wait to get paid. That's an agreement you make with a, with a general contractor. You know, when they say we are net 30 or we are net 90 or whatever it is, there are some companies that are net 120 days. You have already eaten those expenses. And there are a lot of companies that can't eat that that cost. So they use a line of credit to pay that and they pay it off when the big checks come in. And that's how they build up capital. So you are going to see a lot of companies in very precarious positions. I want you to I want to get I would love to be able to see the faces of people when we talk about this next story. Uh, Washington, D.C. Um, uh, thanks to a backroom deal, House members can now claim automatic reimbursements of two hundred and fifty eight dollars a night for lodging expenses and seventy nine dollars a day for meal, meals in D.C., even if they don't spend a dime but though House members can pocket up to $34,000 a year in additional tax dollars, it's not a pay raise because the politicians are entitled to use false labels for everything they do. Um, members of Congress are whining that they receive only $174,000 a year, more than triple the average U.S. salary and higher pay than 93% of Americans' pockets. Um, it's a part-time job. The House of Representatives will be in session just 117 days this year. Um, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, said uh, Congress structures itself to exclude and push out a few working class people and that, who do get elected. Um, so now they're going to be able to be able to claim more and pocket more tax dollars. I wonder if America even cares. I, re- I really do. I wonder if America listens to that and just rolls their eyes. That's, just, that's, that's Congress, just how people are. I wonder if we're going to be able to see, if it is going to be made public, um, how much of that money will actually be um, claimed and if we'll be able to see it from each individual member of the House. It will be fascinating. Another $34,000. Even if they don't spend the money, they can claim the money. I'm just – it is – This is where people get very frustrated because you hear about people. The the phrase is people serve in Congress. Some of the leaders are real servant leaders. As a matter of fact, I was at an event with um, Arizona Congressman Eli Crane recently, and that was how I introduced him was as a servant leader because I, I don't know him very well. But the people that I do know that know him, that's how they describe him. Somebody that wants to go there and kind of do the will of the people. And we would hope everybody would do that. You end up getting people that believe they are in charge. Well that's because of the way we vote. We don't hold people accountable. So we're looking at the, the the state's economy. The federal government is implementing Tax increases, and they say it's only on the wealthiest, but those are the job creators that are also getting hammered by this expense with inflation and with the trying to fight it off by raising interest rates, and we are condoning this. And it's pitting you against me and me against you instead of us with a healthy suspicion of Congress. Again, they're raising taxes and raising their pay. They're raising taxes on what they say are the wealthiest. They are employing tens of thousands of new people at the IRS to go fine-tooth comb more people's tax returns. And they're inefficient at best. And that's one of the reasons why I am a small government advocate. And I just think we always should be. In a moment, why would a school board member in the West Valley encourage parents to remove their children from public schools? I'll give you details on this coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, we want to give you an opportunity to score the hottest tickets in town, Suns playoff tickets. Just text the word TICKET to 411923 923 and get registered. Listen for your name on Wednesday. We'll call a name in the 7 a.m., the 11 a.m., and the 4 p.m. hours. If you hear your name, and get a chance to qualify to win tickets to see the Suns take on the Denver Nuggets. That's TICKET to 411923. 923 So a Peoria school board member is advising parents to pull their kids from public schools. This is from AZ Family Story. And uh, this is talking about the advising of parents to leave the school system. This is not what I want to see for our district. This saddens me. God is not blessing this district. That's Peoria Unified School Board member Rebecca Hill at the end of the meeting late last night. She advised parents to use school vouchers to pull their kids out of public schools and find other ways to educate them. This is still the uh, the transgender issue that's going on in schools. I, I just, I'll be honest. I I I have asked this question, and I mean it sincerely. Why do adults? um want so desperately to talk to other people's children about sexuality. That's it. it. This is what this all has to do with. The restroom issue is a ridiculous issue to be fighting over. We are not educating our kids. They can't read. They can't write. They can't perform simple math skills at grade level. There is an obscene number of those children that cannot read at grade level. They're not performing at grade level, and yet this is the battle that rages on in school systems, which is why people like this are saying, take your kids somewhere else, and it's why the school voucher program is as popular as it is there is no uh, there is no other place in our lives where we would allow some other adult to discuss these topics with our children it wouldn't happen so um uh, Gene Woodbury, director Interim Director of Equality Arizona, and about this debate. It's making it uncomfortable for trans students to go to school, to go to their classes. That person goes from getting to live the life that they want to live to being singled out. Okay, I want to stop there. I want you to think about that statement. It makes it uncomfortable for trans students to go to school. And I've talked on this issue many times because that's exactly what this is about. It's about comfort. Let's put aside the passion for a moment of the issue and talk about that. So you have got the immense minority of students who are uncomfortable going into the restroom of their uh, their gender, And they want to go into the restroom of their gender identity. They want to be able to change. They want to be able to shower. They want to be able to use the restrooms for their own personal comfort. What about the comfort of the overwhelming rest of those students? The idea that I am saying, and anybody that knows me, this is the problem. If you know me, hopefully, if you know me, you understand I'm not a vindictive person. Um, I'm I'm not hateful on any level. But by virtue of me saying that this is about comfort and speaking out against transgender restrooms or whatever you want to call this, I'm a bigot, I'm a transphobe, and that's not the case at all. We are arguing about comfort. the level that we are changing sports and the outcome of girls sports we are changing schools we are changing everything about who we are we are redefining gender we are redefining it to suit the desire and the comfort of someone else in the end we are acting like the children instead of telling the children it's time for you to start acting like an adult I have a deep amount of understanding for someone that is going through an identity crisis of any kind, whether it's sexual identity, gender identity, whatever it is. It's a difficult time in a child's life. We all were confused by some things in our childhood. We all had times of confusion. And as adults, we came through those issues. And here we are arguing between adults amongst adults like children. This is ridiculous. We are supposed to be the ones that say we are going to set these things aside. If you've got a kid that's transgender, genuinely transgender, saying to that child, listen, you have to understand that these kids, you're different. They see you as different, not good, not bad, different. And so you can't impose your will on an entire school. You have a right to live your life. We're going to keep you safe, but you're going to have to make some concessions, too. You're going to have to have a level of understanding as well. It isn't that the majority has to understand what you want and do what you want. You have to have some understanding as well. Um, Here's what one of the parents had to say um, from the West Valley and what the real issue is. It's not so much. A trans a transgender student being a threat to females. It's the access of males, and that's the problem. There's a, a I pulled this story because it kind of talks to the absurdity. Um, in Indiana, a Republican councilman said he identifies as a as an Indian woman. And would be a lesbian because he's attracted to women and he said I'm finally able to say who I really am and everybody's mocking him and they're angry because he's making a mockery of the trans movement. And I would say to you what he's making a mockery of is this idea that you can claim to be something and then change it back and the entire world has to change how they view the world because of what you say. That's not what the, how the real world operates. And, and I've got nothing against, you want to live as a someone else, live as someone else. But you can't force everybody else to change the rules of how things are done, change the, the rules in girls' sports to suit your needs. That is, that's not okay. That's not, it is a foolish way to behave. And I've never been unkind to anyone intentionally, I've never intentionally hurt someone's feelings, but the idea that we are going to spend this time and money and, and waste it on this conversation when it should be said to everybody, just be nice and no, you are, you are biologically what you are and you are not going to go into the into that other room, into that locker room and make everybody else uncomfortable so that you can be comfortable. Do you think that's fair? And you say, well, they have to change the way they think. No, you have to change the way you think sometimes as well. It is frustrating to watch us fight about these things when our schools are not educating our kids. It's, it's, it's scary to me. Coming up um, in just a moment, what we're going to do just after 10 o'clock is uh, we're going to go back to politics. Are we going to see a change in the Senate race? And we'll see who that's going to be next.